Is this heaven? No, it's a podcast. Welcome to the Field of Geeks podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 59 of the Field of Geeks podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Steve. We have a lot of things to talk about this week. We covered a, this particular topic for a few episodes now, the Batman. Well, other topics we're going to be covering are Suicide Squad, Spawn, Castle Rock, DS9, and comics. Woohoo! And speaking of comics, we'd like you to check out Plume Snake Comics. It's an incredible source for original and beautiful content. You can sign up for their online service at plumesnake.com. Yeah, it's a it's an awesome service, you know. We've had a few of those guys on our show, and the nice thing is, you know, it's not just lip service. I mean, you go and there's quality, quality stuff out there. It's just fun to read, you know. I put it on my big TV. I use the browser through my Xbox, and you know, nothing's cooler than having a dark room. <laughs> yeah, you're sitting on your recliner, and you're just navigating your way through comics on a big screen TV. I mean, you're uh, like Bruce uh, Wayne in the Batcave, right? Computer. Yeah, you it's feel like, pretty cool. Yeah. I don't think he has a recliner in the Batcave, but no, nonetheless, that's no. about as close but as I'm going to get, right? He should totally have it. I think recliner. he could afford it. The Batcliner. Yeah. Batboy. Um, yeah. <laughs> Such a great site. Just a ton of great content. You ready for Logan? I am ready for Logan. Uh, March 3rd, right? Yes. Oh, man. I, you know, I, I've still only seen the one trailer, so I don't know if they have other things out yet or not. They do. They don't, do? Stay away. Right, good. Stay away. Good. I'm just... I. Uh, it's going to be here soon. It's just... Right. Like, we get it. We get it, Fox. We're going to see the movie. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> and, you know, I don't watch enough network TV to see commercials really anymore. So Thankfully. I don't, yeah, you know. and uh, But, yeah, I'm excited for this one. I know that the buzz about it early is very, very good. So yes. Critics are loving it. Oh, man. So I'm happy. Yeah. I was nervous, but. This might be one of those things where the movies, uh, the Wolverine sequels actually got better with each one, you know? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so that's cool. But I, mean, I, I enjoyed the Wolverine a little bit more. Yeah. But still, uh, you know, a lot of people say what they didn't like about it was the third act. It yeah. just became really rushed. If you think about it, Days of Future Past kind of wiped those away. Right. Yeah. So this one, but this one's a one-off most likely. Right. It's a different future. And we'll see if it's his last outing as uh, as Logan. So I hope not. I want him to pop up in Deadpool. Yeah. Maybe they'll do some kind of trickery, like between the lines. Like, right. yes, I said I wouldn't be Wolverine again, but I agreed to this part in Deadpool prior. You know, and I how great know. would a, a cameo or something be in a future adventure movie or something like that? Oh, that would be neat. Yeah, I mean that'd just be awesome. Cross pollinate those. Uh, uh, those those franchises would be uh, pretty sweet. Like with everyone, yeah. Only got along. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, the whole X Men versus Avengers storyline in the comics a few years ago. Man, I can only imagine that on the big screen. Sadly, our kids will be able to see that. Probably, we <laughs> right. won't. Right. We'll be close. But exactly. That's, that's about it. I can't believe it's his last one. Yeah. And they're saying it's the best one, which I'm happy with. It looks like a real. It's a dramatic piece. Yeah. Which is, you know, I think every actor wants to have something mm-hmm. like that and. You know, he said the other day he owes his career to Wolverine. Like, he's a true lover of this character. Oh, man. And appreciates it. And he's always been really a positive person yeah. with the fans. And he's just he's a guy It's just hard not to love him. Right. You know, he's... And he's, what, 14, 15 years into this character? Something like yeah, that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, that's just awesome. <laughs> and, man, he's changed. I mean... Oh, yeah. You go back. He's in shape. Oh, yeah. He is not even close to right. where he is now. <laughs> course we have professor x patrick stewart yeah he's kind of talking like he's not done he's an icon oh yeah. 
just definitely. put him in the Smithsonian right now. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> his captain's chair. Yeah, he's so great with the suit on, like Man. Xavier. Just merge him. So many great characters. Such a good actor. Oh yeah, we have so much coming out. It's ex- it's very exciting. Yeah, uh, Logan's going to kickstart a lot of these movies mm-hmm. for us. Got the Lego Batman movie out right now, which I've heard is wonderful. Haven't seen it yet myself, but I want to. Yeah, I want to see it. I have to talk my wife into it because that's not a movie I want to go by myself to. Yeah, I know. It's like look at that old dude. There's a bunch of kids here. No, that's a lot not of phones happening. are going to come out. And, yeah, <laughs> pretty soon I'll be on a watch list. You Security. Know, right? Yeah, forget it. Hey kids, isn't this cool? Yeah. Like, but I hear him? it's awesome. I hear the movie's just great. I actually saw Fifty Shades Darker. Wow. Which is not a superhero movie. No, it's not exactly a popcorn flick. No, no. It involves many things. Non edible. Smearing the butter over your face. Oh, that's yeah, you mean the that movie, too. Yeah. Bad. Well, you know, it might have looked <laughs> bad. Okay, first, I thought I'd be funny, embarrassing at the same time. But when we asked for tickets, I asked for 3D. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do that. And she's like, don't do it. Don't do it. And I'm like, all right. And I started asking. And then I was like, let's go for it. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. And they didn't have 3D, sadly. So that's too bad. But I did ask for extra butter in my popcorn. Nice. <laughs> Which is great, but they're like, with the movie and everything. Right, yeah. <laughs> I got to tell you, it's very weird to see, because um, Flicks here in Des Moines, they they serve you yeah. dinner as you watch your movie, and they come up and stuff, and they're constantly going through the aisles in sure. front of you to get <clears throat> new orders and all that. It's very weird to see people serving us like that Yeah, with boobs in the background. Oh, boy. It's just like the... It's like a glamorous adult theater. Yeah, it's a weird movie. I mean, yeah, that's just a that's a weird experience. Oh, and the girls are going crazy. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, not not with the sex right. stuff per se, but with like jewelry. You know, because mm. the dude's rich and yeah, he's like he's like I make twenty four thousand dollars in an hour. And I told my wife last night, like I could work eight hours and pay off the house. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Like, it's funny though. They, um, you know, it's just basically a big budget Cinemax film. It right? is. You know, I mean, it is. That's what it is. It's 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 like well, it's like it's like our current nine and a half weeks. Yeah, I never really did see that one, but it's all those type of movies. Right, like Secretary early two thousands was kind sure. of similar, dominant type of basic instinct relationships. Yeah, right. All those things. It's really not like oh, this is new. This is new stuff. Right. Yeah. But it's based off the books, which my wife has read, and I even asked her a few times, like, "What's going on with this guy?" Yeah. I mean, I was actually kind of interested. So. Sure. I am lying. I was interested, <laughs> kind of, sadly. But, That's all right, though. But Dakota Johnson's beautiful. Of course, she's mm. Don Johnson and Melanie Griffin's daughter. Oh, yeah. Which she does not like her being in this movie. Oh, really? I mean, as a, yeah. as a parent, of you, course you can't not. see this yeah. movie. You can't. Yeah. There's I mean, no way. You're going to see so much of her. You're like, I don't want to see this. This dude's doing this to my daughter. What the hell? You know, I think I'll join them in not watching the movie. Just yeah. for their, you know, I'll support them. Right, right. Yeah. I'll, I'll take one for the team yeah. and, and not go. <laughs> yeah. Like, I got this, Don. Right, it's all right. Yeah. It's all right. Thanks, pal. So we're going to get into movie news, first off. Uh, we're going to talk the Batman again, which, you know, I don't mind talking about. Yeah, no Of course, I'd rather it be better news than what's being reported or... Yeah, what's being tossed around out there. Ever since Ben dropped out of directing, mm-hmm. been rumors about his departure, and I almost was wanting to ask the group who you think would should replace him. But then at that time, WB liked the script. He liked the script. Yeah, Matt Reeves seemed to be the director. Mm-hmm. So I thought we talked right. about it last week. And yeah, I guess negotiations have stopped between right. those two. They just couldn't agree. Apparently, I don't know what on, but I just don't understand 
what's going on? Yeah, no kidding. So now, you know, people, the big rumor is, oh, he, Ben's trying to leave the Batman role. Right. And, and I read something the other day where he was telling a friend the opposite. That he's in it, you know, and he's in it for the long haul and yeah. the whole deal. So I hope that is the case. I'd like to, too. I'd like to he- see him officially say something, you know. That's um, that's what's troubling me. Yeah. We're not seeing statements right. put out there. And I know people will probably say, well, he did put a statement out there, you know, a month ago saying, hey, relax. I'm going to yeah. I'm gonna direct the movie. I'm writing it. I'm going to star in it. Just stop asking yep. me. But then he drops out as director. Sure. And then so, again, what's going on? Right. <laughs> and we don't know why Reeves dropped out as a director. We don't. You I know? mean, um, for me, if it's... If it's because he wanted to put his own stamp on it or whatever, and you know, um, you know, guys like Jeff Johns and stuff are you know trying to keep it a certain way, maybe that's a good thing. Well, but, they're nervous; know, so they yeah. have a right to be. They want they want it to be good. Yeah, and hopefully WB's staying out of it. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, they can't even post a picture of Justice League without people going crazy and slamming the crap out of it. You know, and it's it's yeah. really it pisses me off because it's just like we should all just love this stuff. Why why yeah. we? I just I'm tired of the Marvel does it best. Like Marvel right. only does it best because that's all we've gotten so far. Right. And if DC would have copied them down the line, which would have been safe, let's right. admit that'd be a safe way to go. You know that you get people get upset about that. You know, saying, "Oh, you're not Marvel." Right. It's like, and the problem is they're they're in a lose lose scenario. Yeah, they, they can't win. They started second. Mm-hmm. You know, Marvel was already established. So anything DC does, it's either going to be like, "Oh, you're copying Marvel," or the critique will be you should be doing it like Marvel, right. you know. So it's it's just a catch twenty two. And as far as I'm concerned, just they need to stop listening to that noise. Put out a good product, you know. Give a guy like Jeff Johns that creative control, and it'll be totally fine. Yeah, I, look at the I TV agree. verse, you know. I mean, it's killing it. So it is, and I I totally agree. And I I you know I will give DC this. I mean, the stakes are pretty high with DC. It, People are gonna die. Yeah, that's what's gonna happen. Marvel kind of teases that, mm-hmm. and then like like Rhodey, like I don't want I don't want him to be killed off. But right. oh my god, that fall should have killed him. Right. That's not really like a spine sever. That's like his whole body was just right. And by crippled. the end, he's getting better and he's walking around and cracking you know, jokes. Right. Yeah, I mean that's so. the thing. Like yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just I'm just saying DC offers an alternative. They're trying to do something like this, and I don't know if they'll go away from that sure it's hard to say i mean well even when you read the comics there's consequences you know for mm-hmm. the actions of heroes or villains and it's always been just a hair on the more adult side than marvel and that's not saying marvel's you know just some g-rated you know yeah. uh sesame street fair but you know no, not at all no not at all but yeah you're right it's a uh, dc's uh I don't know. I'm hoping for nothing but great things. I love them all. I really do. I, I yeah. own all the Marvel movies. Yeah. I own all the DC movies so far. I just watched Civil War again the other day, and yeah. it's just great. You know, it's I enjoy so much it. Fun. I yeah. just, you know, it's just my answer to people who complain about DC. It's like, well, at least they're trying to, they're trying to dark knight it. Right. Now, I don't really agree they should do that with Superman. Right. Agreed. Totally. But that was an origin movie, <clears throat> so you could give it that. But you can never, you're never going to accept a Christopher Reeve Superman again. I'm no. sorry. I mean, it that was good for yeah. its time, but it would not work right. I mean, look at Superman Returns. Apart right. from no action, they were doing exactly the same formula. Mm-hmm. It didn't work didn't out. didn't work. And it's unfortunate because Superman's a character that shouldn't be getting darker with the times. You know, I argue that the world needs more Superman-like characters. You know, and less dark, avenging-type characters. 
you know, because they're great and awesome in their own little little piece. But you know, you need that beacon of hope that mm-hmm. that something that you know is too perfect to really aspire to, but you want to do what you can. You know, exactly. And those characters are, are few and far between anymore. They are. They are. Mm-hmm. And I mean, look at Supergirl. Mm-hmm. That's the way to do it. And yeah. I, I think. I think they're going to get to the lighter side a little bit of him. It's always going to be darkness. Right. I I know where this all started mostly with Dark Knight. Yeah. Now, like anything great, mm-hmm. there's always consequences sure. to that. WB, you know, the execs, in my opinion, don't know what the hell they're doing. No. And they're, they're yeah. business people. They're not right. movie people. That's my that's my biggest pet peeve about the movie industry. Like, they sh- it should be yeah. ran by people who are fans as well. And yeah. want to do just want to do some awesome stuff. Yeah, they they just want everything like you said to be like the Dark Knight. Make yeah. it like that. Make it like that. It's like that. no, stop. You know, make something different. Yeah, you know, it'll be fine. And I remember them talking about Superman at the time. Yeah. They're like oh, we we're gonna go dark with him. And I'm like, uh, yeah. I don't know about that. Well, and I'll tell you what, the Superman appearance in Supergirl, and I've talked about this on the show before, but to me, that's how Superman should be. That was a complete one hundred percent dead on. Yes, you know uh, Superman, and that was that was just awesome. He hasn't been on since. I you know hope he does at some point. But sure. I mean, geez, what a great you know few episodes to to have that. Well, and Man of Steel was great for what it was, mm-hmm. and of course, the WBTV is more happy go lucky kind of. You yeah. know, it's not so serious, probably because it can't really be entirely serious, especially for the Superman part. Sure, because we didn't have him for that long, right? So if he just came on, and he was dead serious. Yeah. We wouldn't want him back. Yeah. And now people are like, I want a show. Oh yeah. You know, the only thing that's dark to that movie is the color grading, Man of Steel. <laughs> right. You make that light. I dig it. I think it's cool. Different movie altogether. Yeah, I, I dig it. So, and I think Cavell's harnessing the type yeah. of Superman he is, and I, I'm enjoying it. So, we'll see what happens. Like everything, I have huge hopes for Justice League. Yeah, no kidding. I want to be surprised. Yeah. You've gotten these extended cuts, which are great, but I just want WB to finally just make a movie that's just good enough yeah. on its own. And some people think that already. For me, the extended cuts have been much better, and especially Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad 2 has been talked about for a while now. David Ayer, who directed mm. the first one, yep. he's apparently too busy right now on Gotham's, uh, Gotham City Sirens. I think that's what okay. it's called. Yeah, nice. Spinoff. Just going to include Catwoman, mm-hmm. Poison Ivy. Harley Quinn. Yeah. Could be busy with that. So now WB, it's kind of an odd choice. Not to say it's a horrible choice. Right. WB, they are now talking with Mel Gibson to possibly direct Suicide Squad 2. A guy who does not like superhero movies. Yes. Having been on the record stating it. Yeah. Right. Well, it'll be interesting. It will be. I mean, hey, I saw Hacksaw Ridge. I liked it. I thought it was a good movie. He's a great director. Sure. Apart from his personal stuff, which, you know, we were just talking before the show, so many people in Hollywood have done awful things, and they have not even been caught. Right. I mean, they've done horrible things. I mean, more... Or they're revered completely. I'm not dismissing what Gibson's done. Sure. So, I am definitely for his comeback. I loved all of his movies, pretty much. Oh, yeah. I didn't see Apocalypto, but I heard that was really good, too. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been in some great things, you know, and he, he showed some range, too, you know, before all this stuff went down. and Exactly. But this is my concern. Those projects he directed, he was passionate about them. Suicide Squad 2 sounds like a deal with Warner Brothers saying, we'll sign you for a three-picture deal to make your movies, but we want you to direct Suicide Squad 2. Which I'm like, 
uh, so it's a paycheck and a deal, and that's how that's it, what I'm guessing. That's what it looks like. That's what I'm know? guessing. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe he would embrace the material. I have no idea. But that's gonna be a very different yeah. movie. The first Suicide Squad, you know, I I do like it. It's a mess. Yeah, to me, it's a mess. But the extended cut, like I said, helps a little bit better. Sure, Mel Gibson could definitely direct it better. But again, if he had no passion there, I'm just afraid that it's just going to. And if he tries to change things right. about the characters, like, no, these are yeah. the characters. They're gotta, established already, you know. Because he makes things he wants to make, and this is not something, unless, and, and I could be wrong, maybe he maybe he brought it up with him. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> hey, I'd like to do Suicide Squad too. Right, it just seems unlikely, you know, given the history, yeah. so. But, yeah, I mean, with all this said, uh, just got to say, what the hell, WB? Yeah. I I'm totally guessing it's them. It's got to be. Yeah, I don't know. I, I they don't can't understand see what him. they got. Yeah, they don't understand what they have. And the movie, the, the execs are just, it boggles my mind that it continues and it continues and it continues. You know, and it's, it never ends. It's just running like a business. <laughs> it's running, I mean, yeah. Look at Sony's huge write-off they just did. They oh, lost yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. You know, Ghostbusters was part of it. And I always bring that up and I apologize. But they really told the fans to fuck off mm-hmm. on that one. Yeah. I mean, they just didn't care about the fans. Right. If you don't care about the fans, they're not going to show up. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to care about you. you yeah. Know? So it's, you know, and, it. and, business, and people but... say it like it's a bad thing. Well, you know, it was a, this is a movie for the fans, you know. Well, uh, all right, high and mighty critic person. <laughs> you know, I'd rather not watch a movie for you. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, fans pay for the tickets. The tickets pay for the film, <laughs> you know. I mean, especially with the way tickets are now, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to see a hundred million dollar film that's strictly made for the critics, you yes. know. And um, it's just not going to make any money. I mean, I, I I turned out for that movie to support yeah. it. I mean, I wasn't thrilled that they kind of rebooted everything. Yeah. My daughter loved it. Mm-hmm. The female team aspect, I've got no problem with. It's just, just like everything, you inherit franchise. Respect the fans. Yeah. Give them what they want, and you can also do your own thing, too. You right. can uh, give the other audience what they want. Just intrigue and yeah. bring them on to this whole universe. Well, look at The Force Awakens. You know, it's like some of the big critiques there are, you know, well, this is just made for the fans. You know, yeah. it didn't stop that movie from being, A, great, and B, making a crap ton of money. Yes. And then Rogue One. Yeah, come on. Which know. was like a great alternative. Unbelievable. I mean, that was... <laughs> That was the shot in the arm. I think the Classic Star Wars universe Star Wars. needed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm thrilled. You know, and I hear people saying, "Oh, the these new Star Wars movies need to be like Rogue One." It's like, no, they don't. No, they, they can totally be what they are. And right. I'm sure they're gonna be great. And of course, that's that's coming very soon. Yeah, we got Force Friday dropping. I believe they're. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of funny to me. There's like this new billboard. I don't know if you saw it, but it's got Ray and um, Finn and. Oh. Poe? Yeah, Poe Dameron. Yeah. I'm surprised I didn't remember those names. Yeah. See, that's the problem with Rogue One. I don't remember, like, anyone's names. But, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Ray's got a lightsaber. You know, looking all badass. Yeah. And her hair's down. And people are freaking out. You changed her hairstyle. I'm like, she just dropped her hair, guys. Yeah. Calm down. <laughs> but I get it. It's like, oh, we didn't see that before. All right. But. And well, Star Wars going... has a history of its female leads mm-hmm. of having a zillion hairstyles. Leia had a zillion hairstyles. Yes. Uh, they got Padme, better. Amidala, you know, whatever. Oh my gosh, yeah. She had a million different hairstyles yeah. and, you know, big deal. People are just 
I mean, we're in an age of social justice where if we don't complain about something, mm-hmm. we're not happy. Yeah. You know, it's ridiculous. That's just a nitpick. I yeah. I totally dig it. I, I hope she's front and center for these movies because... Oh, she killed it in the first one, man. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, she's like Luke. But I'm like, well, okay, but come on. That's yep. kind of a... Her facial expressions alone, forget the acting, outacted the first, the trilogy. The yes. Orig- you know, the uh, Phantom Menace and all those things, you know, just... She was awesome. Yeah, the acting's just incredible. We got that coming, of course. And several other movies this summer. Wonder Woman. Yes. It's going to be awesome. Oh. I just They need to have like a, uh, a geek ticket pass. Right. <laughs> just buy all the movies geek-related. Yeah. Kong. Probably be thrown in that. That looks yeah. great. Yeah, no kidding. There's a... I don't want to give much away because I know you don't watch trailers much. I didn't see this clip, but I did read what was in it in... Supposedly, at one scene, Samuel Jackson's got a gun to John Goodman. John Goodman oh, knows wow. about this whole universe yeah. of Kong and Godzilla. Nice. So, crossover is coming for sure. I can't wait. Yeah. When I was a kid, my favorite thing in the world for several years was King Kong versus Godzilla. And that's the old school one. I have it on VHS. I really need to just see if it's out there. I'm sure it's out there on Blu-ray or DVD somewhere. DVD at least, I'm sure. Yeah, so I need to find that. But, man, I mean, as a kid, that was the coolest thing ever, you know. And when you watch it now, I'm not sure it really holds up as well. Yeah, well, they didn't have much of a budget. (laughs) No, yeah. But throw throw a budget in that thing? Yeah, that's going to be amazing. I like Godzilla. I loved Up to the Part. Did you see Godzilla? I did. Okay, just want to make sure. I loved it up to the part when until Cranston passed. Right, I really wanted him in that movie, the yeah. whole movie, and I think that I think a lot of people agree with that. After that, it became uh, Armageddon, sort of like it was the formula. Yeah, you know? I just uh, I really was shocked it took that turn, but I didn't hate it. Yeah. It was still enjoyable. I, I I liked it a lot. To me, yeah, Cran- and I I remember at the movie with my daughter, I leaned over in the first three or four minutes. I'm like. The acting so far in this is better than all the other Godzillas put together, <laughs> you know, and it's only three or four minutes long yeah. so far, you know. But you're right. After after he died, it it really followed that disaster formula type thing. Um, and the coolest part for me was just the Godzilla scenes. You yeah. know, what I mean, just phenomenal. Oh gosh, well look at I mean look at the first scene with his wife, yeah. separated by the door, like oh my god, yeah. And he just could say I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, ugh. great acting. Great acting. Yeah. Just kind of. Watered down after yeah, he passed. A little bit. Maybe it just shows like he had a legacy right. and it died with I don't know. Yeah. So much coming out. It's it's just a great time. Mm-hmm. Great time to love this stuff and hopefully we get more people to love it. Yep. For you Hook fans, this is the ninety two movie starring Robin Williams as an aged Peter Pan. Yep. Who leaves Neverland, becomes an adult, has children, and has to find his way again. When he returned to Neverland, there was this character called Rufio. And he had this mohawk. Yeah. It was really cool. He's kind of the new Pan while Pan was gone. Okay. Great character. Fan favorite. And, of course, if that movie was made today, he would definitely have a spinoff. Yeah. But it wasn't. Kickstarter has been launched by Rufio himself, actor Dante Basco. Okay. And he wants to make a short film about Rufio's origins. Oh, sweet. So it's going to be like... Him as an orphan to a lost boy. Yeah, they hope to raise thirty thousand dollars, and so far they're getting close to six. Okay. The campaign ends March fourteenth, so well, I I hope they can get some funding. Sweet. I would love to see that. Yeah, that'd be cool. That's how we're getting a lot of stuff we need. 
lot of crowdfunding help, Kickstarter help. Adam Nimoy's beautiful documentary about his father and the yeah. character Spock, um, For Love of Spock, which is on Netflix right now. Right. Go check it out. He raised funds to be able to pay for licensing yeah. fees for just showing clips. Uh, again, movie studios. Ugh. Yeah. They were run by fans. They'd be like, make it. Yeah. Here. Here's the money. And and that's just it. There would be so much more money available, you know, if they just didn't have their heads sure. so far up their uh, area. Yes. <laughs> yes. One thing that is good about these Kickstarters and crowdfunding, like, these people have to be very passionate mm-hmm. and have a good product right. in order to sell it. Well, you know, and I'm going to talk a little bit about MST3K, Mystery Science Theater. Sure. And the comic update. But their crowdfunding was a record breaker. I mean, it was almost oh, 7 million bucks. I think the intent was only to do a couple episodes. Yeah. You know, so this was, they needed X amount for that, X amount for like five or six episodes, and then another amount to have an entire season's worth. They hit the entire season's worth, no problem. And Awesome. Yeah, you know, and that's uh, that's the power of that, you know, is that there's, if people are passionate about it, it's going to get done. That's great. Yeah. That says a lot, you know, yeah. that we're not all rich, obviously, right. but you know, there's probably rich fans. Oh, yeah. But here, here's... $30,000. And I just hope that when they do these kind of things, you know, the studios don't get a single penny of it. You know, I mean, leave it to the people that created it, you I know, hope so. starred yeah. in it, that sort of thing. Because, you know, I mean, they're the ones that pass it up. I mean, yeah. no one's going to a crowdfunding or a Kickstarter unless they were already rejected by exactly. a studio or someone like that. You and know? I'm not even sure Paramount distributed this documentary for Love of Spock. Oh, I'm sure they, they obviously didn't. got yeah. the money for the licensing, mm-hmm. which just. Uh, makes me sick, but yeah. <laughs> that's well, a side note. That's they need a, another, another wing shovel. on that mansion. You yeah, know, right, right. Yeah, need time a, for a new indoor pool. Another mountain. Right. They need another mountain. So, talking about Kickstarter and crowdfunding, next topic: Star Trek Deep Space Nine documentary. Oh yes. So crowdfunding was launched February eighth to raise one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, they reached that in twenty four hours. <laughs> So this is a uh, project that was started by Stephen Bayer. I hope I'm saying that right. He was a writer and producer for TNG and DS9. Yeah, he's a he's a pretty cool guy. I've seen uh, when they had the last Trek convention for the fiftieth. Yeah, he was there. I mean, they had so much. I I watched everything on YouTube. It wasn't the best quality, right? But God bless the fans for recording it so right. I could see it. But this guy's pretty cool. He's um. <laughs> He's got a goatee. He he dyed it blue, so he's, <laughs> you very you notice him. But yeah. he's a he's a cool guy. You can just tell. But at that time, he was rumoring this documentary sure. forming. So it's very exciting. Then the money is going to go towards post production and licensing costs. But on another guess, what to that money kept coming in. They reached two hundred fifty k, which is going to help extend the running time from sixty oh, minutes to ninety minutes. And if they reach 350k, which I'm sure they will, oh yeah, they're going to get an original score by a live orchestra, as well as the extended writers' room feature. Nice. And this is like I think five writers from the show talking about what they were, what they wanted to do for season eight. Right. 425,000. There'll be more interviews. 500 to be determined. Episode. Yes, I and, hope so. And if not Please. a full episode, give us a short. Yeah. You know what I mean. Just, just a walk awesome. by. I don't care. Right. Whatever. Just wave. Yeah. I don't know. Blow have us have us walk into Cork's bar, you know, and oh, there's just man. a scene or something, you know. I mean, if I was rich, I man. would build a house that would 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> the bridge of the Enterprise D yeah. would be my living room. Nice. Oh. Quark's bar, you name it. Oh. See, I'd be creative if I was rich. Oh man. Be very creative. Yeah, I'd be broke as soon as I got rich, probably. probably. So, you know. <laughs> and lose the house. Right, yeah. Which would suck. Yeah. Crowdfund my mortgage payment, you know. I don't know <laughs> hey, guys, make yeah. me happy, please. <laughs> hey, it, it works for some people. Right, yeah, that's true. Let's get, like, a hot girl to represent you. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it'll work just well. But as more goals are met, there's going to be new perks introduced. Uh, for instance, uh, Garrick Lapel Pen. Mm. Not familiar with that. I wish yeah. I, I think it's, like, Cardassian. I think so, yeah. Garrett was the Taylor dude, right? Yeah, and arguably one of the best characters in the whole show. Yeah, because yeah. he's like a veteran of the wars. I oh, think. yeah. He was uh, in the um, Obsidian, um, oh boy, whatever the name of that guild was, you know, <laughs> yeah, in uh, yeah. uh, Deep Space Nine, but uh, the Obsidian Order, that's what it was. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, and he, um, now he's just a simple Taylor. And, he's and a badass. The, and, and just the um, dialogue between him and Bashir alone. I could watch that for hours yeah. straight, you know. Um, my daughter, who, you know, not a big sci-fi fan at all, loves Deep Space Nine. Garrick, she loves him to death, you know, and it's just, yeah, he was he was amazing. Yeah, that, and I love that actor who plays oh, him. And I wish I knew his name, but he, if you go back and watch the first Dirty Harry movie, he was the yep. villain. Yep. Long hair, the real Running through the stadium, guy. and yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that guy was a great actor. Yeah. And they totally love DS9. And they love the fans. I mean, you should have seen them at this convention. They yeah. were just, I, I wanted to be there so bad. Man, it would be so great. Oh, man. That is my ultimate goal is to go to one of those conventions. But, you know, that would be amazing. Yo, there's one in Vegas coming up. I'm very tempted to <laughs> make my first plane <laughs> trip or just drive. I don't know. It'd be worth it. Oh, boy would uh also another thing they may give away is a batch of cookies made by terry farrell herself nice andrew robinson was garrick okay yeah look that one up he uh, is he's been in a lot of stuff he's been in a ton of stuff he's and, got range man he's got some range and you know garrick was just such an intriguing character he was you know yeah I always threatened uh, that, you know, one day at work, I'm just going to talk like Garrick. Yeah. Speak oh, in riddles and kind of, yeah. you know, different, you know, innuendos. Start measuring people. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? This is the bathroom. What are you doing? Yeah. So, Farrell herself uh, was on Twitter a few days back, and she was walking around the DS9 sound stages where they filmed, of course, and she was answering fan questions. Yeah. So, she talked about the documentary. So, she's very supportive. It seems like a lot of them are very supportive. Just be thankful that these people aren't too big that, you know, yeah. they refuse to be in it or help out right uh, avery brooks avery, i yep. don't know how that's gonna be i don't think he came to the convention yeah not to say he doesn't dislike the show he's a different dude yeah <laughs> do you ever watch uh shatner's captain yes he's he's a little weird but i mean in a he's good eccentric way. Yeah. yeah in a good yeah. way he's just very deep like we're talking another dimension here but yeah for real <laughs> i just wonder how uh hard it was to direct him <laughs> well, yeah, and you know his his character of Cisco was way different than any of the other captains we saw, mm -hmm. and um, I like what he brought to that role. Oh, I did too. You know, I thought it was think, pretty cool. Yeah. And like we've talked about before on our our Star Trek episode, yeah, which you should check out. Please. Uh, yes, it's a great episode we put together, and we're gonna do more for sure. It was fun. So much to talk about, but yeah, he has kind of Shatnerisms, yeah, which are good to me. I don't care what people say. I think Shatner's acting was great in the original series. Yeah, I get it. There's some scenes, but sure. Look at what they were doing. Come on. Right. You know, I mean, he um 
Captain Kirk is revered as one of the best characters of all time. And he made that. Yes. You know? And that's why it was probably hard to play that character like Chris sure. Pine. Like Chris Pine just had to settle for his and his own interpretation. Yeah. He couldn't couldn't copy Shatner like that. I'll tell you what though, the the closest he got was the uh scene where he cheats the Kobayashi Maru. Yes. Uh he's eating the apple. It just his delivery was very Shatnerian, you know. Yes. I mean, that was a really awesome scene. I'm I'm watching that and I'm thinking, there's young William Shatner right there. It yes. was really sweet. It was. And then I watched Star Trek Two after that movie, and he's eating an apple talking about Kobe. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, that was yeah. a good pull. That was a great pull. Yeah, it was cool. There's also a casual um, movement he does at the end of Star Trek 2009, where he puts his leg up, uh, yeah. like Shatner used to. Yeah, just very. Casual. Nonchalant. The, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. A little nod there. This uh, this documentary looks like it's definitely moving forward, and I don't know when it's going to be out. I'm guessing next year at this point. Yeah. I'm excited. Oh, if they could make an episode. I'm telling you, it's going to take the fans to show these production companies, studios. Yeah. Like, this is good stuff. Right. Just, There's a demand. Yes. You know, regardless of what you think the flavor of the week is. You know, there's uh, people are crowdfunding this in record pace you know mm -hmm. and so you can't tell me there's not a market out there for that stuff i was almost going to say deadpool's like the poster boy except they didn't have kickstarter but right and they had a low budget and they just put stuff out there yeah and they showed they showed the studios that people want to see this right no matter what think... they did with that low budget look at the money it made yeah you know oh uh, it's fantastic they need to you know tv movies they need to flip the script on what you know what's always been and it's the thing at work i hate to hear well, we do it because it's always been that way. Yeah. All right. Stop. It doesn't always have to be that way. Yeah. You know, so. Exactly. It's it's always a balancing act. Yeah. Like you're, obviously, you can't just have full fan control because that'll turn. But you can't have the other way either, which right. is going on right now. It's just they need more passion out mm -hmm. there. That's the problem. You need to listen to the fans, which is great about this documentary. I'm, there's also a shocking thing I read that Terry Farrell is dating Adam Nimoy. Yeah. So Trek fans are like, crazy. oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. I want to go to the wedding. Nerding out completely, which is good. <laughs> so we're moving to the TV news now. Spawn. Mm. Now, we know that Todd McFarlane has been trying to develop a movie forever. Uh, yeah. After the, what, 95, I think, the last Something one came like out. Something like that, yeah. Kind of a mixed review. Yeah, it wasn't. Reaction. Yeah. I, mean, didn't, I don't think it made too much either. No. The uh, HBO cartoon. That was amazing. That was amazing. Yeah, I remember that's that. how it should have been. You know, that went deep. Yeah. yeah, that was really that was really good. Very close to the comic on that. Exactly. But aside from that, there hasn't been anything new for Spawn for a while, and I'm sure the comics are still going on. Comics right? are still going. I on. I should know better, but yep. yeah, I I figured that. Yeah, there was a second Spawn, and now the original one, Al Simmons, is back in the comic verse, and cool. Um, yeah, I mean, and it's still, it's still plugging, man. I mean. That that is a consistent series. That and the Savage Dragon are the two that are, you know, have outlasted almost everything from is, the image. Does Todd still do? Um, he comes back and forth on the okay. writing of Makes it. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. or collaboration. You busy know? guy, I'm sure. He's a busy guy, but you know, he's always got his hand in that mix. And you know, the the only crime involved here is that we don't get to see his artwork every month anymore. You know, I mean, he hasn't done that in years. Or his figures, right? I oh, mean, man. He's got a great toy line. Oh, yeah. I mean, he gets, he's got some demented stuff. But he does, but, I mean, this guy, line. as far as his artwork, I mean, just unbelievable. You know, I mean, just, if you took out all the captions, and you know, especially those first 25 issues of Spawn. Sure. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. I bet. 
So Sam and Twitch, which are detective characters yeah. from the Spawn universe, mm-hmm. there's going to be a police procedural made for the BBC. Yeah. So it's a spin-off TV show. Kevin Smith is going to write, direct, and produce it. Sam and Twitch, they investigate crimes related to the occult. Right. Supernatural type stuff. And Yeah. Yeah. And then the uh in the comics it's hilarious, you know, they're just a very, very awesome banter between the two and they're just, you know sweet. They're kinda quirky in their own right, you know, so it's pretty cool. Just fantasy wise, who do you think should cast for those parts? Anything come to mind? Honestly, no. No? I mean, uh, who's that guy in NYPD Blue, the short... Oh, Dennis Franz? He'd be... Uh, oh, so one of them's short yeah, and fat kind of a little bit, a mustache. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. is it like one's a veteran and one's Yeah, a... well, they're both kind of veterans, but they're okay. just... They're very different personalities kind of stuck together, and... Uh, sure. Um, yeah, it, I think it'd be an interesting casting. I don't think he's got anything going on. He probably doesn't, you know? Well, give him a call. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll talk to him after the show. <laughs> Dennis. Steve. Yeah. How you doing? Say... And then you'd be like, uh, don't we have that restraining order against you? <laughs> what's, yes. um, what's the other dude look like? Um, Kind of a tall, skinny guy. And I'll pull up a picture here while we talk. Doug Jones. Doug Jones. That's the guy who does all the body work for like Silver Surfer and Abe Simpian. You ever seen Mystery Man? He's the Waffle Man. Yeah. Okay. So Franz would have to wear a wig. Yeah, probably. But uh, He's kinda like, He looks like a Harvey Bullock type of. Guy. Very much like Got that. the attitude as yeah. well? Okay. What did the other guy look like again? Do you have it up still? Yeah, he's uh, kind of a tall, lanky. Okay. Almost a, a hair opposite glasses. of Sam, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Who could do that? I don't know. Gosh, it's a tough one. Yeah. They're going to cast <laughs> with their own choices, obviously. Right, exactly. Unless you listen to this, which is fine. Uh, bring us on. We'd like to see it. I'd love to see England. That'd be cool. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> going to be set in the modern world and each episode is going to be close-ended so hmm, nice kind of like law and order it seems yeah you know and now with it being bbc i didn't read any of this i wonder if it's gonna be like three shows like they do with sherlock right three hour and a half shows i think that'd be awesome oh, that would be great i think more, Those more shows should follow each that shows right. movie. yeah that's what it is i think more shows should follow that format you know i agree it's another issue where you know our standard tv it's just, it's stale, you know, the way that TV approaches, you know, just drown you 20 in episode stuff. season and, yeah. you know, the actors are burnout and having filler episodes and things like that lose an audience. But, you know, you do three hour and a half pieces, that quality remains insanely high. I mean, yeah. look at Sherlock. Yes. I mean, it is just untouchable in its quality, you know. They, they like go for it for every episode. You know, it's yeah. like 100% versus like, well, this week we just didn't really have many ideas, yeah. so... Here's this. So here's this fun off-universe type thing, you know. Yeah. Right? It's just weird. What if a rapper was, <laughs> candy rapper was present while right. you guys talked for the whole episode? I mean, it's just like, what? Yeah. come on. And the only show that got away with that, in my opinion, was um, X-Files. You know, yeah. they'd have some of their goofy episodes that weren't really mythology-driven. But they killed it, you know. I mean, but it was the writing. It was Didn't just they so have like solid. three dudes on that show that kind of had a spinoff at one point? Um, or was that with the other? The Lone show? Gunman. No, yeah, they okay. they did that, and uh, it didn't obviously work. But yeah. So another show that's coming. Uh, it's very, you know, we've just gotten a teaser, but uh, Castle Rock. Hmm. This just dropped. This is going to yeah. be a new Hulu series produced by J.J. Abrams and Stephen King. They previously did eleven twenty two sixty three, which was very acclaimed show. I don't know if you saw right. it. Right, I did actually. Yeah, I thought it was a very good show. I mean, James Franco was uh, a surprisingly 
sober. He acted weed free, uh, so to speak. But oh man, he yeah, really tried. It was good. <laughs> A lot of withdrawals between right. takes. I think they used that, you know, for yeah. his character, the angst and whatnot. But. So Castle Rock is a fictional main town that's been featured in King's books, I believe. Mm-hmm. Cujo and Needful Things, this was the town. Yeah. Those stories took place. So the teaser shows, doesn't show clips, but it shows like this whole, these red roots coming together. Yeah. And every root as it intersects, there's a title. Uh, like Misery, The Shining, yeah, Shawshank State Prison. To every title, there is an audio yeah. clip from those movies. So it just keeps going and going and going. And there's so many roots. Like, yeah. You can see other things they didn't even show us. A lot of different threads there that they have going. It so looks neat. It's a culmination of all his work, it yeah. seems, which I think that's really a good idea. Oh, it's, it's cool. It's very, very intriguing. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, they just released this, so it's very fresh. So I have no idea... It's going to be like a miniseries. Or, right. Well, I guess 11, 22, 63 was. Right. A small contained. How know, many? If this is the same. I want to see six or six episodes. I don't know, that's like cool. That. See, that's that's TV I like. Right. We don't need 20 episodes a season. Come on. Right. We don't have that much time. Only so much to do. Right. <laughs> and you know what? It makes it makes good actors willing to commit to things like that because it's not going to take up, you know, their entire life. You know, I mean, the Star Trek casts, X-Files, these guys went on and on and on forever. And it dominated their whole lives. Oh, you yeah. know, And so then, 10, 15 years later, well, they don't have it anymore. Now we're seeing some of these revivals. Because they're like, yeah, you know, that was a good time in my life. I didn't realize it at the time, you mm-hmm. know. And yeah. hindsight's twenty twenty. But But then again, though, too, like with the new X-Files, they did just a few episodes. And now they're looking at a few more, you know. So, I mean, it's just... That's an awesome way to go about keeping I think something so too. alive. Yeah. Gives the actors time to do other things. Right. Yeah, and they like, don't have to commit. Benjamin Cumberbatch, he's Benedict. Yep. Benjamin. I always say Benjamin. That's, that's, his, his, that's brother. his brother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's not an actor. He's no, a, he's bad guy. He's yeah, a playwright yeah, he's off, a, off yeah. Broadway, something like that. Liverpool. Right. Um, Performance artist. Yeah. But he's a movie star now. Yeah. Benedict. Yeah. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> so, Powerless is the NBC sitcom-ish type series uh, that takes place in the DC universe. Uh, Vanessa Hudgens plays the main character who kind of goes to work at this. uh, She's in charge of R&D at one of the Wayne uh, security companies and whatnot. And she goes in, you know, she's got, you know, her eyes set on the future. She's very positive. Just everybody there is just completely the exact (laughs) opposite. All their ideas have been shot down. Their ideas are fairly terrible. And Bruce Wayne's cousin... Alan Tudyk. Yeah, so... He plays Van Wayne, who uh, <laughs> is just a complete doofus, and uh, he, he's very awesome in that role, you yeah. know. And his whole thing is he wants to get, he wants to go to Gotham, he wants to get out of this stupid town, and it's just really funny, you know. I mean, they Bruce Wayne calls, you don't ever hear him, but you know he basically shuts the whole thing down because they're not, you know, they're obsolete, and uh, so this guy's super happy. Because he gets to go to Gotham. Everyone else is fired. <laughs> so Vanessa Hudgens, you know, this is all the first episode. She just, she kind of rallies the troops and they come up with this really awesome idea. Uh, good enough that Bruce Wayne's like, all right, well, you guys are going to stay. And so this guy, uh, Van Wayne, is just, he couldn't be more ticked off, you know, because everybody was succeeding. And it was just really funny. And, <laughs> you know, it was it was a good it was a good first episode. I enjoyed it. The CGI is, is terrible. But, yeah. you know... It's a small budget, obviously, um, but it was it was a fun episode. You know, Danny Pudi is in it. He was in Community, yes, and uh, 
Very funny. Yeah, guy. he's a gr- uh, he's great in it too. So I mean, they've got some good you know ancillary characters as well. Uh, it was fun. So I mean, we're gonna we're gonna keep watching it and see what it looks like. Good. I know it's been out for a few episodes. We just caught the first one on demand last night, my wife and I, and she enjoyed it too. So it was awesome. fun. Yeah. So the CGI is it? It's not even CW quality. No, really, no. Um, watch if you if you can get to watch that I first will, episode. I will. I need to. You'll yes. see exactly what I'm talking about, and it's pretty much just the opening scene where there's a super villain and a um, you know a superhero that are kind of fighting. And sure, it was. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty bad. I mean, yeah, it was bad in 1980s standards almost. Oh you man, know, but ouch! Yeah, it was. Uh, Unless they're going for that. Well, right. Effect, you so know, know who knows? And obviously, I think if that show continues to succeed. Things like that will probably get better, but for a pilot episode and stuff, it wasn't a show that's driven by CGI. You know, it was a show that's driven by the characters, and sure, and it was fun. You know, and, and they succeeded there, so that's great. Yeah, I mean, at this rate, if NBC doesn't want it, maybe CW will pick it up too. Maybe right. You can Keep see, them all you in the same see Legends of Tomorrow dropping right. by. I mean, they're kind of all trying to be the funny, have show, a flash right? crossover, and you know what? Oh, yeah. yeah, that'd be amazing. That would be cool. Uh, just curious though. What, what does Van want to do in Gotham? I mean, Gotham is like high crime, isn't it's it? It's high crime, but, you know, he wants to, you know. It's exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. He gets to be closer to his cousin who he, <laughs> you know, the secretary's like, give a call from Bruce Wayne. And he's, he gets all nervous. He's like, how do I look? <laughs> and she's like, like someone who doesn't know the concept of a phone call. You know, it was just, it was pretty funny. And, uh. But he he plays that role just very very well. That's cool. Yeah, there's like a, isn't there like a selfie of him and like all his servants or his family? <laughs> Something like, like he's that. Just yeah, so into himself and so into yeah. being rich and 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 powerful. he uh, it was a funny line. Something like well, right when he found out that they were getting shut down, he's like, "If I would have known failing would have gotten me there, I would have done this a lot sooner." <laughs> <laughs> so it was just it was a pretty funny show. That's cool. I enjoyed it. And the, company. And, and the initial scene where where you get introduced to him, Vanessa Hudgens goes into his office. It's her first day on the job, and she's like, you know, um, Mr. Wayne. She thinks it's Bruce Wayne, you know. Oh, and you just yeah. see him standing from behind. And he, you know, he's in this suit, you know, and there's yeah. a good silhouette there. He turns around and is just this smarmy uh, douchebag. It was really great. Oh, <laughs> it was really great. Yeah, it was fun. Oh, I have to put that on my list. Yeah, yeah. I was I was pleasantly surprised. You know, I mean, it's not. Nothing's earth shattering about it, but I mean, it was a fun, fun way to spend 23 minutes. So awesome. So we got some comic news to talk about. Yeah. So this last week I um, had a little dead time and I read Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Um, I had the first uh, issue that came out and then the first two of the series. uh, I bought them way back then uh, at the store. And so they're on issue 14. So on Comixology, I went and just bought issues three through 14 and I read them all in one sitting. Wow. I knew what I was getting into. Sure. An awesome, fun, great series featuring my favorite character in comics ever. I mean, Hal Jordan is... There's no question when you read the series that he is absolutely the best Green Lantern of all time. Right. And that's not a diss to any of the other Lanterns because they all are awesome and they hold their own weight easily. But, I mean, it really takes you to the core of Hal Jordan, John Stewart, and Guy Gardner... You know, as well as all the other characters in between. But, you know, it's just it's fun reading about these guys, particularly with Hal Jordan. So it's just awesome. Um, The art is amazing. A big story arc took place on Zudar, which I, you know, love that. The Zudarians, uh, of course, have two lanterns, Tomari, who died way back in Crisis on Infinite Earths. And then um, 
Tomar too, who is his son. So it's wow. uh yeah, it was just fun, you know, and that's one like that's like my favorite alien race for yeah. DC, you know, it's just it's cool. Sure. It was just a fun read and Sinestro, the whole there was just so much going on there in those uh, first couple story arcs, and it was just a blast to read. I have one tiny complaint, and it is super tiny. I even <laughs> tweeted it to the writer. Yeah. And he tweeted back. So it was, he did. It was yeah, he did. Ooh, cool. So, um, but it was fun. And <laughs> in John Stewart is the leader of the Green Lantern Corps uh, in this uh, iteration. And in my opinion, that's deserved. He's obviously the best for that job. Hal Jordan. I wouldn't say loose cannon, but I also wouldn't say leader, of, <laughs> you know, to have structure for the group. You yeah. know what I mean? He's yeah. very, he does his thing and, you know, he goes in head first and, you know, he uh, makes it up as he goes along. That's not what you want in the leader. John Stewart is great. That said, in 14 issues, 16 times he was referenced as the leader. It's like, we get it. <laughs> We're pounding this home a little bit. But in issues 1, 6, and 10, there was no mention of it at all. Uh, in, in issues 8 and 14, there were three separate mentions about him being the leader, you know, each. So it was just like, you know, I I wonder who's leading the team. You know, I, I'm walking away. It's very vague. I can't Confused. tell. Confused. What's going right, on Right, yeah. But, uh, again, that's an entirely oh, sure. small nitpick. But at the same time, it did not at all detract me from enjoying this book. I mean, it was just amazing. And uh, I'll be getting every single one thereafter. So Great. I'm really excited because the cliffhanger was they found St. Walker of the Blue Lantern Corps. And Blue was the hope spectrum of the um, color spectrum there. And um, he was a really awesome character. So it's awesome that they're kind of bringing these things back and spoiler time. You know, it, it it happens after they uh, defeat Sinestro that the remaining, some of the remaining members of the Sinestro Corps and the green lanterns, they have an Alliance. They're working together now. Oh, great. And uh, yeah, it's really cool. But the John Stewart play with a, a ceramic Natu, who is the uh, leader now of the Sinestro Corps, that's Sinestro's daughter. Um, she used to be a Green Lantern. And so she went to the Sinestro Corps to try to do good with it, you know, and then dad comes back in and he's just a nut job. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's crazy town. But so anyway, the the play between those two is really cool because uh, she leads that squad. He leads the, you know, the Green Lanterns. And, you know, it's fun watching that interplay a little bit. But it was a good book. So I recommend it to anybody out awesome. there listening. Yeah, the art beautiful and yeah. it was a funny scene i don't know if you wanted to yeah it was it was hilarious so guy gardner um if anyone knows this character you know what he's like i mean he's he is the poster child for rebel you know and yeah. he's uh he's arrogant he's cocky he's brash he's crude and he's proud to be all of those things you know <laughs> yeah. um just a hilarious character i've always loved him since day one and so he gets kind of captured by the Sinestro Corps, and they bring him to Sinestro. And Sinestro is like, what is this? He didn't <laughs> want Guy Gardner. He wanted Hal Jordan. Because yeah. to Sinestro, all the other Green Lanterns are second compared to Hal Jordan. And that's fairly true, but that's the rivalry, Sinestro and Hal Jordan. So when they get Guy Gardner, it's like, whatever, you know. So <laughs> they've got him. Uh, uh, Gardner's about ready to waste Sinestro, you know, with a construct from his ring. The ring dies, and all of a sudden the uniform will go, you know, will dissolve with the ring power because that's where the uniform comes from. Of course, Guy Gardner is not wearing anything under the suit. <laughs> he's a hundred percent naked, and Sinestro he's got his back to him, and he's you know talking about this whole grand evil plan. He turns around, he's just got his head in his hands, and he's just you know it's, it's just facing down. He's like, 
how'd you get in the Green Lantern Corps? You know, basically <laughs> is what he's saying. And that scene goes on for a little bit. And, uh, you know, he's like, you know, says something about guy, by all means, please put some clothes on. You know, it was just, yeah. it was a really funny, it provided a lot of levity to a very serious situation, yeah. you know? Great writing on that, you know, and then the art, of course, just caps that off. But uh, that's funny. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's got laughs, it's got you know, action, and yeah, it was a really Dude cool works scene. out. That's oh for yeah, sure. Well, of course, yeah. All those superheroes are completely buff. Of course, of course. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I mean, it just reading it just cements why I've always liked the Hal Jordan character, you know. And um, it, it was just a very, very awesome, awesome read. The only thing now I hate, and I do this all the time, I will stack them up. And I just go into a binge, you know, because I don't, I hate the cliffhangers. You know, I got to wait for the next, you know, issue. Mm-hmm. But it, again, it was fun reading all those uh, issues in a row. It was a good night, you know. Sure. <laughs> Didn't have sure. a lot going on. Um, wow. I mean, it just, that sounds like it should be a movie. It's just, yeah. Uh, it's heartbreaking. Like, it's not that hard. I it's think not I, that hard. I think I told you this, like, you know, any person who wants to make a superhero movie, they, they grab things here and there like Nolan did with Batman Rises. Right. You know, I think there's like three books he borrowed from. Yep. It's like, why not go after the the writers of those books, have them right. collaborate, make one movie, merge everything together. Yeah. They don't, they probably don't cost as much. Right. As, you know, like an Oscar winning writer or whatever. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, the, the writing team captures the Jeff Johns spirit of Hal Jordan, you know? I mean, it's just, I mean... It, you see Jeff John's influence, you know, on sure. everything, you know, and it's just amazing. So, yeah, you're right. It's not that hard. It's you not. Know? It's not. You, you read to... this. You read this and Hal's got a couple quips here and there, but it's nothing like the Ryan Reynolds version. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, you're reading about it and you're thinking to yourself, man, Hal Jordan is the man. You know, there's just no question about it, you know, and uh, it was really cool. I was curious when Ryan Reynolds got the part, if they told him to be himself or he wanted to do it more seriously it's almost like a panic like i gotta go for what i'm good at yeah. being funny it's like well if that's not the character right deadpool is definitely that right not to say that he didn't try but he did sure. for that i know he did oh yeah and just how he, Jordan he was built for deadpool you know yeah i mean, uh, he I mean hell he built. was built for green lantern yeah. but you know it's just like i said if he wasn't so damn funny or trying yeah. to be funny uh, it's like the range just wasn't there you know yeah I mean, just it's such a wasted opportunity you know and i know people be like well writers are one thing but what about like action and artists from these books right. too they could do storyboards right hello i mean yep. hell they could direct the thing maybe. right i don't know but so good. again if i was in charge that's what i'd be doing but yeah just from what you've shown me like I'd just be a great story. Yeah. And even the original Parallax story would right. have been so much better than what we got. Right. That was just a horrible way to, uh, to merge things. Yeah. Well, in, in this series, when they were fighting Sinestro, Sinestro merged with the Parallax entity. And so he was wow. that character, you know. Cool. And so it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty sweet. That's pretty cool. Uh, just, uh, it's probably putting you on the spot, but. Is there any particular Green Lantern story you'd like them to explore in a movie? Um, or comic, I guess, too. To talk. You know, honestly, what I'd love to see is the Green Lantern rebirth. Um, well, not the rebirth, I'm sorry. But, but the uh, Green Lantern um, revival with the Jeff Johns did. Um, the scene between Hal Jordan and Batman. I mean, I'd just kill to see that on, on the big screen. 
Um, but like a cameo know, of Batman, like he did in Justice. It was really, it was a basically a big cameo. Yeah. You know, that's all it was because the whole thing was focused around Hal Jordan coming back to life, becoming a Green Lantern again. I could read that book over and over and over. Uh, that would be awesome. a cool take. Like, yeah. screw the origin, pick him up where he's trying right. to get back on his feet, and like yeah. talk about him. Like, oh, you were this and that. Right. And it's just mysterious. And then he, yeah, like Hook. Yeah, <laughs> Peter Pan find himself again. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just oh, it's so much good stuff out there. I just, yeah. I know they're gonna be making the core movie, and it's gonna have. I think it's gonna have three of them in there. You know, the John yep. Stewart and the what's the other guy, Guy Gardner. Sorry, yep. Um, but and I, you know, they've talked about fantasy casting, and I think Common, the rapper actor Common, right? You know, he said he'd be interested in John Stewart. Yeah. Not to say he's been offered the part. Sure, I think he'd do a hell of a job. Oh yeah. To me, it's better than Tyrese, but yeah, it'd just be cool to see these guys come to life, right? And uh, you know, I know it's a lot to live up to because the artists. It is a lot to live up to, yeah. and and Green Lantern is unquestionably probably a hard film translation. I mean, there's so much CGI, so much sci-fi into it, but I mean, they made Guardians of the Galaxy work. You know, I mean, if you have the right direction and the right vision, exactly, I think it could completely kill it. You just know, follow that material, right? Yeah. Because there were pieces of the Green Lantern movie that were just, you know, phenomenal. Yeah. But the problem is it was just pieces, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, a lot of rewrites, know. probably. Right. A lot of, and just you know, like the scene where they're on Oa and, you know, all the Green Lantern Corps is there. And that, to me, was just awesome, you know? And, and I, I'm looking just through the, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, group of Green Lanterns. And I'm like, I recognize all these right here. You know, yeah, it's just yeah. really cool. And Sinestro. He was awesome. Oh man, he was the best part of that whole movie. Keep yeah. him in that you know role. Yeah, if you bring back you know please right, do because yeah. he uh, he, he would nailed that. Come on, he would totally yeah. say yes. And the best scene was that one after the credits where he just puts on the yellow ring and just the outfit and the whole. I was like, oh man. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, it didn't make much money, <laughs> Shit. right? Because <laughs> I saw that last scene and I'm thinking, well, as much as the movie was just kind of eh. That scene gives me some hope for something cool, maybe, and you know, but yeah, sequels most of the time they improve on what right. they didn't really do right the first time and if they get that opportunity. Right there went the sequel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but it's all right. We'll be getting something better. Yeah, something better. Hopefully, but like you know, a lot of bad movies like Batman and Robin, you needed those bad movies yeah. to in comics go with that as well. You needed those to get you into better, inspires you to do story. better. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I guess they had a purpose. Yeah, right. <laughs> They didn't feel like they had a purpose. No, but they didn't. They ended up having yeah. a purpose. Hindsight's purpose twenty twenty. You off, right? Yeah. yeah. So, in other news, um, Mystery Science Theater. Um, I've been a huge fan since it came on Comedy Central, and I still watch it religiously to this day. They have a zillion episodes on you know YouTube and all that. They're coming to Dark Horse Comics, so that property is no news on what they're doing or how they're doing it but you know it's mystery science theater kind of branching out into some different areas from a consumer standpoint so comics and you know they're going to do some other licensing and stuff so i'm hoping that uh with this kickstarter campaign uh and and the new series coming up on netflix i just hope it takes off huge because i mean that was that was my favorite part of my weekend in the 90s was watching mystery science theater and uh you know it's awesome I, you know i had a buddy we were just really into it yeah and, just super fun, you know, and it's sad to the point now where I have some episodes almost memorized, you know, because they do like three or four hundred jokes an episode, Man. you know, and I I can start reciting some. And it's terrible. But uh, 
Yeah, it's awesome. So I'm excited for that. Awesome. Yeah, my my only exposure was the the movie they did. Yeah, and that was funny. Yeah. I didn't see it in theaters, but right. I didn't really know much about it until I saw that. But yeah, I, I definitely am a fan without really seeing much of sure. what they do. I have seen some like riff tracks. Yeah, riff tracks. That's like a spinoff, right? It's the same guys that were in Mystery same Science guys. Theater. Yeah, yeah, love that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's all good. Um, I'm just curious though. What do you think they? How do you think you can make a comic? Uh, is it, it would just be the space characters? Well, or? yeah, it's it's you know obviously the guy and the two robots, uh, three technically four if you include Cambot, but <laughs> nerd hashtag nerd. Oh right, so, right, right. Um, but yeah, so I don't know if it's just going to be, um, you know, their adventures on the satellite of love, the spaceship that they're on, yeah. or or what have you. But uh, I'm excited to see it, and and if it's sure. even if it's not an ongoing, and let's say it's like just a you know certain amount of issues limited series. Um, I'm gonna buy it just regardless because if it's got Mystery Science Theater on it and the money's going to them, I'm buying it. So this is probably a stupid question, but when they go watch the movies, mm-hmm. it's in the plot, right? Like they just trying to kill time. Or... Yeah. Well, so yeah, I mean, they what they do is like they'll start. They usually start off the episode. Um, and there's you know if you look at the early episodes, it's Joel and the and the two bots, you know, and they're just something crazy's happening and it's just funny and it's whimsical and light. And then they would always come back from the first commercial break, do an invention exchange. Joel um, Hodgson, who uh, created the show, his stand-up was um, killer in the late 70s, early 80s and stuff. And he uh, was, wasn't was necessarily a prop comic, but he would have these cool ideas. He was very creative. And um, so they did an invention exchange with them and then the mad scientists that sent them to space. Yeah. Um, and that would always be funny. And then so the premise is, um, the mad scientists force them to watch these movies. Oh, okay. And yep. um, they have no choice, you know. So, you know, movie sign will hit, and they have no choice. They have to get in the theater and <laughs> stuff. And so they get in the theater, and, you know, there's like this, you know, countdown, you know, that goes into the theater, and you just see the, the screen and the silhouettes. Yes. And then, and then you got, you know, they'll take a few breaks here and there in the show and come back out and then go back in and... um but it's just it's consistently hilarious <laughs> you know there's there's better episodes but there's no bad episodes you know um and a lot of it depends on the movies that they're they're uh, riffing as well sure you know manos the hands of fate that's a classic <laughs> space mutiny i mean they've got all these terrible movies that they've done and um you know both joel and mike nelson who took over for joel when he left they're both insanely hilarious, <laughs> you know. So I, I'm looking forward to it. Sure, you know, I think it, I think it'll be fun, and it'll be interesting to see if, uh, you know, Joel or someone has any input on that comic series. You know, um, whether it's uh, just collaboration or what. But uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. I wonder if they would parody comic books within the comic book. That'd be kind of funny. That's yeah, the only thing I could think of, like that'd be kind of neat. But yeah. then again, they'd have to almost make up the comic books. Right, they'd probably they can't show like. Yeah, DC books. Even though they could probably slaughter some of those. Oh, they could ones. slaughter a ton, it's and like fifties ones or whatever. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you know if you watch an episode of the show, I mean they make so many references, some that are extremely um, common, and you can understand them, and anybody can pick them up, and it'll be just, and then they'll throw in something that's extremely obscure, and and the reason I liked it is because they filmed that show in Minnesota, Minneapolis. They did, and so. They're all from the Midwest. Sweet. So you'd hear things like that, and uh, you know, it was just, it was just funny. Oh, that's cool. You know, is that where they're based out of now? No, uh, um, I don't know. 
I think they're based out of California gotten now, bigger. Yeah, but uh, they've sense. gotten bigger. But um, it was uh, it was just cool. It was that Midwestern sensibility, that humor, and that whole thing. And you know, they'd make references like to Iowa or to like Nebraska or Wisconsin. Yeah. You know? And so they'd say things that you know I knew about, you know, and stuff. So yeah. as a Midwesterner, I uh, certainly enjoyed it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just I mean they've got hundreds of jokes per show, oh, and it's just so funny. Good. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see what the comic will turn out to yeah be. yeah so and i don't there's really no date on it at this point it's sure. just uh just hey we've made the deal great you know and so now we gotta start getting to work so fantastic so dc comics with rebirth they usually when if you run a comic book store and you order let's say 100 issues or 100 copies of issue one of any book well you're stuck with those copies that you don't sell and so, you know, it's a it's a game of give and take with retailers on, boy, how do we think that this comic's going to produce? And, you know, that's how some of them shot up in value because, you know, they, they were under-ordered and maybe they just turned out to be great. You know, and some books are over-ordered and they just sit on the shelves forever. <laughs> so it's the comic books or it's the stores, the retailer's responsibility to sell that because they've already bought it. And so then they have to sell that product. Well, with DC Rebirth for the first six issues... They had a, a returnability clause where, let's say they ordered 100 issues of uh, Batman number one, Rebirth, and they only sold 75 in that particular comic shop. They can send the 25 back to DC. And, you know, from the financial standpoint, it was like DC was partnering with the retailers as opposed to what's always been in comics where you buy all the issues, now you're stuck with them, have fun. You know, and um, a lot of the comic... Uh, shop owners said that it was a really good experience for them, you know, for those first six issues and stuff. And so it was a, it was an interesting way that DC, not only from a product standpoint, getting more creative with the, and and going back to the roots of their line, you know, they were being creative from the business standpoint. And, you know, that's a, that was fairly innovative. So I I read that on Newsarama, this, uh, the article, and, you know, it was a great, great article to read. And uh, it was just, it was very interesting, you know, especially, If you look at the retailer side of it, that was cool. That would be a problem, yeah, because, you know, I, I do see, like, their clearance section. and Yeah, they got a ton of stuff sometimes, and, you know, you know when you know when you have, like, seven or eight copies and just the back issues alone, it probably didn't sell well, and, you know, what's the quality like? You know, but then there's some that are underappreciated that sure. are a little ahead of their time and, and their gold mines, you know, for back issues, but... Yeah, it's uh, it was an interesting article, and um, you know, I don't know if uh, they'll continue that line of uh, thought, or if it was just kind of a test and how to do. But you know, it, it had a very positive response from the retail side. Does it appear it's just been DC that's tried this? It was just DC okay. that has tried it so it's far. Curious. Yep, and uh, everything else is still following the same business model. You know, so if I bought 100 issues of Spider Man, I'm stuck with 50. Well, I've, I've lost money on those 50 unless I can get them sold, you know, at the same cost I paid for them. Right. So then you got your quarter bins and things like that. And those are the things that have been sitting around forever, con- you know, collecting dust or <laughs> someone's just turned in a bunch of comics. And it was an it was an interesting article to read. You know, if you're if you're kind of a fan on that behind the scenes stuff and, you know, my dream job is having a comic store. And yeah. There's no money in it, so I'll never do it. But. You know, I mean, I would just love to be able to do that. So reading that was interesting, you know, Uh, and and they talked to a couple retailers in the article and had some good uh, dialogue there. So, yeah, I checked that out on Newsarama. It was a it was a great article. That's great. Yeah, I like I'm kind of curious to talk to Mame about that, you know. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's it's it's, this is across all. It was always uh, uh, the whole line wide. Yeah. Cool. Cool. 
Wow, that's that's cool. Yeah, because man, that's a tough business. It's a very tough business, and you have to be that, especially in a big city. You know, um, we're not a big city, but we had a few comic shops, and there was one main comic shop because it just did the best, and it was and, and it's mayhem. You know, yes. I mean. You know, Dragonfire went out of business. I don't even know if Cup of Kryptonite is still around or not. It is. It's, is called, it? it's called Capes. Uh, down, is it now? It's downtown okay. at the uh, Iowa Social Club. Is it? Okay. Old so, Fire Station. Yeah. Yeah, but it's gone through a different change. Yeah, and, you it's, know. it's not. Yeah, it's much smaller, but they right. put on they put on a lot of cool like drink and draws oh, and things like that. So yeah, cosplayers come by. It's a um, it's a passion business. You know, I mean, it is, you're yeah. not going to get rich, you know, going into that field, but. It's something you you just have to be passionate about, and you know if I uh, have the house paid off and no other bills, you know what I might give it a shot. But you know I've got a lot of bills to pay, so <laughs> it almost have to be like a business where you did other things. Like that was one of the yeah. perks, like a convenience store. But it's right, kinda, yeah, I know it's or my but... wife's a lawyer and she makes <laughs> yeah. a crap ton of money, so I can play around with this little project, right? But yeah, Mayhem here, we're just very fortunate because we they, are. Are, they are successful. Uh, it is a phenomenal store. Yeah, it's well-deserved. Right. Yeah. You know, it's uh, they're the real deal. I mean, you know, they make the store on Big Bang Theory look small and kind of junky, you know, because Mayhem's just poof. You oh, know, it's huge. You walk in, it's huge. Plus the it's game great. rooms. The game rooms, um, the the variety of product that they sell. I mean, from from Magic Cards to the board games, Dungeons and Dragons, all the comics, everything, you know, they've they've got it all figured out. I'm so glad I'm not dogging it at all. Like I think I think all those games are awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad I'm not into them because they're very expensive. Yeah. I mean they they can be pricey, especially if you're I'd be like in a trouble. magic player. I'd be in trouble. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I'd be in a lot of trouble. I mean they have sure. cards that are worth a thousand bucks, you know, yeah. and stuff. And it's just yeah, no thanks. It's good stuff. But it's yeah. all great, but yeah, yeah I did. It's a money killer, but um, it's a but it's a, it's fun. I love going there. Um, you know, I still go enough to where I still have stuff. But you know, I've been on online mostly. Now they um they you know a lot of these retailers have what's called a digital storefront. So if you go through a certain portal and you buy something off of Comixology, they get some credit for that. You know? Oh, sweet. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. That so, is that's slick. Yeah, it's neat to do. Um, yeah. Uh, you can never replace that feeling. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, as cool as the um, the digital sites are, like, yeah. it's still, you, you can't digitize that experience. Oh, you can't, you know. And it smells, it's just uh, Yeah, having it in your hand. And, some bad and smells, but mostly <laughs> paper smells we're talking about. Well, yeah, I, you know, when they went from the paper, actual paper to gloss and stuff, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, I just miss that old smell of comics. You know, it's not the same anymore. And there's something to be said for that physical connection to the actual books. Pretty sweet. I mean, there'll be there'll be times um, in our mailroom at work. And if I close my eyes, I, I'm in a comic book store. Yeah, yeah. Just the just smell of all the paper. I freaking and, yeah. love that smell. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's awesome. It is. It is. I want to go there right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's great to hear. I hope, yeah. I hope that's uh, successful and I hope more comic book industries take notice well yeah if other companies do that and you know because i think the line that stuck out with me was one of the retailers said that it was like dc was almost their business partner in this as opposed to just the company who's sure you know handing out the issues and then you know have at it buddy it's all you now Uh, it was just a really it was a cool um byline in there about how it looked like a partnership and i'm like well that's you know that's something i think that you know they went widespread on that and the comic industry did that as a whole it might be better for everybody, but you know who knows. You know there could be other things behind the scenes I don't know about. But 
it was a, it was a, at least a neat experiment and it seemed to go over well yeah keep experimenting keep experimenting <laughs> the last thing i've got is uh issue number one of batwoman just came out um last week and uh it was a really fun read it's kind of going into another larger story that involves her kind of a solo act uh she's the cousin of bruce wayne um, oh, okay in the comics and not she's not like van wayne from powerless um uh, <laughs> She's actually an amazing character, you know, and and, it, and it's a, it's a great jump on uh, issue too, you know. So for me, I didn't read the old Batwoman series. That's kind of when I was out of the comics game for a little bit, and then um, you know, I saw this number one, and I'm like, oh, I'll give it a shot, you know. And so I read it, and you know, in the first five or six pages, you you knew who she was, you know. So that was pretty cool. They did a really nice job recapping who she is without, you know, going into too much extraneous detail and whatnot. But you know she had quite the she has quite the story going on with her right now, and I'll stay spoiler free on this one just because it's only issue one. But it was really cool to see uh, kind of how her origin and uh, you know events that happened to her as a young child are now coming back to haunt her a little bit. But it was cool. But you know she was in the military, she got discharged from the military because she was gay and the whole thing. And so you know it's a she's a really cool character, and you know the fact that they have a, a female. A lesbian character in this kind of a role without trying to shove it down your throat they're they're doing a great job you know sure um, that's cool it's a great balance that you can have those kind of characters and it doesn't have to be about whatever you know it just shows that everyone's normal everyone's just like everyone mm-hmm. else yeah and so huge huge kudos to dc for uh nailing it on that, that on cool. that issue so uh, yeah I'll, I'll keep picking that one up at least for the first story arc and if it continues to be good i'll continue to get it how cool that'd be if she showed up on powerless right i mean there's just not even costume just the character walking around in right. a business suit or whatever yeah in the background or what have you but or even a scene you know a cameo but um is she a wayne or is she uh her last name is kane okay so it's uh, yep. his mom's something like that yeah, yeah. Cool. but uh what you were saying about her background, I'm like, she doesn't sound wealthy too much. Yeah, it was um it was interesting. Her dad's a colonel, I think, or something like that. Okay, in the military, very military and, yeah. family. Yeah. Uh, and so she's very much like that as well. Cool. It was a fun book, you know. I was That's really cool. I, I didn't didn't know they yeah. related. And I bought it blind, you know, I didn't know sure. I haven't heard about it. I just I saw it there and it was number one. I'm like, all right, well let's let's give it a read. And it was cool. And Batman makes a cameo in it. Very short, but it was cool. So it kind of talked about who she was uh, as a young child a few years later, a few years later now, you know? Right. So it was a really cool, uh, cool origin uh, that I think anyone can jump on at any point with that, with that issue and they'd be fine. So this is probably a dumb question. Was it just the big heroes they gave comics to for the rebirth? Ex- explaining the rebirth process with them. Yeah. Like well, that woman didn't probably get that. Right. Yeah. She didn't initially. I mean, she's featured in detective comics. Okay. Uh, a little bit, but I mean, so were other characters. Sure. You know, she had her own series in the new 52, um, which from what I hear was good. I just never read it myself, but yeah. So when they hit with rebirth, it was kind of a, it's kind of that reset button, you know, and the main characters got their titles. And, you know, now that it's out more, um, the, the characters that are sticking out are like Batwoman here. She's getting her own title and pretty sweet to see. And I didn't pick it up, but Super Sons came out last week, too. And so it's the son of Superman and it's Robin, <laughs> oh, you know, wow. Damian Wayne. Yeah. So that's Bruce Wayne's son. So they're teaming up. 
Oh, wow. um, and it looked it looked I saw the four page preview and it looked pretty funny and, and stuff. So are they more uh, friendly than their dads are? A little bit. There's yeah. still a little bit of well, Damian Wayne is Damian Wayne. You know? Oh yeah, he's, he's just he's not he's even just, like Bruce. He's, he's a little like, jerk, you know, and, uh, he's and a so, little murderer. Yeah, that little interplay <laughs> between him and Clark's son, you know, it's just it seems pretty funny from what I've read, and uh, I'll probably pick that up at some point. But yeah, it was a fun. It was just a fun read, you know. Like That's I cool. said, a ton of I went on Green Lantern overdose and then cleanse the palate with Batwoman. It was a fun read. Hey, that's 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 awesome. It seems like they're really pleasing everybody still. So it's, yeah, it's they good. really are. It's it's really cool. Anything you're looking forward to in general? Uh well, the continuation of the Hal Jordan storyline, um I I am looking forward to getting the um Flash trade paperback that so I got the first couple issues. And I'm excited for the Batman Flash team up that is coming up, where oh, cool. they started oh, dressing right. right. Oh man, yeah, the button. That's gonna be know. risky because you got a lot of. Uh, There's a lot of uh, fans with Watchmen, right? And they're they're very cautious. You know, they a lot of those people don't think Watchmen should have ever been used past what Alan Moore did. I get that to a degree, but at the same time, Alan Moore knew that these were DC characters. True. You know, so if DC wants to use them, that's their prerogative. And if they do them in the right way, awesome. We all win. That's the one I'm really looking forward to this year is that Batman Flash team up. Next week we'll be back with more to talk about. Probably more of the Batman to talk about. Hopefully, Hopefully we'll have a guest with us. Yes, yeah, we'll see. Absolutely, so, yeah. yeah. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, YouTube, and FieldGeeks.com. Everyone have a have a good rest of the week. We'll be back. I'm Josh. And I'm Steve. Take care.